0: Thanks be to God for worship through music. Our second lesson today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 28 through 29. We are continuing our sermon series going through Jesus' final words on the cross. Hear a word from God. After this, when Jesus knew that all now was finished... He said, in order to fulfill the scriptures, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Jesus Christ, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are the still waters of rest, the living water of salvation. Amen. This past Monday, I watched a video for the first time, the first time since it had come out. It was from our first recorded service for COVID, which happened a year ago, Monday, March 15th. I watched... As Tara and I sat there by ourselves, empty choir seats were behind us. There was limited liturgy. Tara and I awkwardly looked around the room, unsure how to engage a room full of people that weren't there. You all were at home without a bulletin, watching our antiquated streaming service where the sound only came out of one speaker. There was a weird square at the top of the video. And there was no singing. Tara preached from a manuscript and you all thought, wait a second, isn't that Brett's thing? What's she doing over there? And then what I did was I went back and looked at the service a week before, March 8th, the last time we met together. There was a cacophony of noise as each one of you entered the sanctuary, conversing talking with each other laughing there was a movement in the room the feeling was palpable our choir was full of every member was up there and when they sang the noise from the choir and from you all and congregational worship of God was so loud I had to turn down my speakers When we confessed together, there was this communal gathering of confessing our sins as we all in one voice admitted that we fell short of God, but God's grace was enough. And while watching this, I felt this deep yearning, this desire, this thirst to worship with you all. A a thirst for the communal worship of God and body and in spirit a communal acknowledgement of the grace of Jesus Christ, which has touched us all, a thirst to worship. Jesus, on the cross in our scripture, in his moments of indescribable pain, says, I thirst. I am thirsty. One of the thousand awful things about being crucified is that is the thirst that it instills in you, a physical thirst. As your body loses fluids through piercings and your body sweats from the hot sun, you thirst. Jesus knows the physical need of unsatisfied thirst. He knows and feels that human physical need. But on top of that, there's also something else happening in this scripture. Jesus has told his disciples that he must drink the cup of suffering. He must enter into the solidarity of human experience of pain and suffering. Reverend Dr. Tara told us all about last week how when we suffer, God is there with us. Theologian Jürgen Moltmann says, There is no suffering which in this history of God is not God's suffering. There is no death which has not also been God's death. Jesus' thirst on the cross is the partaking of our suffering physical, emotional, and spiritual. That suffering that especially rears its head when we attempt to quench the thirst of our spiritual longing in our hearts with things that are finite when we attempt to worship things that pass away. Because here's the thing, as humans, there is a deep yearning, a deep longing, an unquenchable thirst on all of us to worship. As humans, I believe that we are created to admire, to be wowed, to grow, to be moved by beauty and by others. There is something innate in us that desires to venerate, to adore to praise and honor, and we do it on a daily basis whether we realize it or not. David Foster Wallace in his famous commencement speech says, here's something that's weird but true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. Because, church, there are many people out there who want your worship, who promise to quench your spiritual thirst. But in reality, they are sour wine on a parched throat. They're burning vinegar on a dry mouth. Think about it. Every commercial that you see or hear or watch is trying to promise you that they can satisfy your longing. That they can satisfy the need deep within you. This product will take away whatever is longing inside you. And we're so inundated with these voices, we hardly realize they're there. But we all know that things break. Material goods pass away. And that when you worship material things, there's never enough. And you have to keep coming back to the source over and over again, never To be quenched in your longing sports are another thing that make us think that we're satisfying our spiritual thirst as we're part of a grand movement a team we can experience the euphoria that sports can create but i'm here to tell you and i think i've been here over a year so i've earned the clout to say this even if alabama wins the ncaa tournament your spiritual longing will not be satisfied. Your spiritual desire will not be fulfilled. Victories fade, players move on, scandals surface, another season begins. A sports win is fleeting. And you know, I say all these things to us because they are things that I have worshipped in the past. Another one is social media. We have influencers on social media That are preaching their gospel of what is popular, what is new, what we need to be happy, what a satisfied life looks like. There's a really interesting New York Times opinion piece where the author says, you know, influencers and popular people on social media are essentially just the new televangelists. They're here to entertain you. They make you feel good, but they require no sort of commitment. They require no looking beyond yourself. That contrary to what you might have seen on Instagram or Facebook, our purpose is not to optimize our one wild and precious life. Because when we op- when it's all about us and the economy of social media, it's all about us. And I'm here to tell you that worship of self will leave you disappointed. That you will disappoint yourself when you come Our culture tells us that if you just work as hard as you can at your job, that will satisfy the deep longing within you. But I think we've all been in enough positions to know that work will never satisfy that deep yearning within us, that deep longing to go beyond. And I I want you to hear me out. I don't think shopping or sports or work or social media are inherently bad or evil or sinful. But it's so easy to slip into worship of them where they become what we drive towards, what we think will satisfy what is within us. And so in a world that's full of false promises, get-rich-quick schemes, capitalistic notions of spirituality, we can definitely feel like we are in a valley of dry bones, a desert without water, or the only water that we find is like drinking salt water, and we are only thirstier after sipping. But beloved, the only one who can satisfy your deep spiritual thirst, your your hope and longing, is ironically the one who says, I am thirsty. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who is the bread of life and the living water. Jesus Christ who told the woman at the well when he met in John 4 that those who drink of water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Jesus Christ knows what it means to be thirsty, to thirst. And he delivers us with the solution. And that is the grace that is himself. Jesus Christ is love incarnate. Grace exemplified. Jesus is the cup of salvation. And when we come and worship, when we drink the cup at table of communion at that holy sacrament, we taste the heavenly banquet where there is no longer any suffering, no tears, no pain, no oppression, no guilt, no shame. Jesus Christ is the one who satisfies us. Jesus is the one who resurrects us when we are without life, who shines A light on us when we are burnt out. Who loves when we are bitter. Who renews when we are broken. Jesus is the living water. But drinking this living water, though given freely through the grace of God, does not come without a cost. And that cost is transformation. Drinking the water means that you're entering into a community, a community of believers, a community of beloved sons and daughters, beloved children of God. When we drink the cup of salvation, we know that we are entering into a communal journey together. A journey towards God, on a road paved by God, walking by the light of God, being sustained by the living water of God. And yet, even with all those, it is no easy road. It's a road we walk together knowing that we must not only take on our own suffering, but the suffering of humanity. And this means that when we take each other's sufferings on, when we journey together, that we must pick one another up. We must suffer alongside one another We must weep with one another. We must strive alongside one another. All while pointing each other back to Jesus Christ. Whose well of living water never runs dry. And whose living water will always quench our thirst to worship. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.